Right, welcome everybody to the monthly Q&A for September. So the way I do these is I put out, um, I put out a Q&A on Instagram. Uh, I often get messages through there or, uh, or through forums as well that I'm active on and I sort of collate the two um, and then use them to do a Q&A. I decided on doing these every month. Uh, it seems to be getting better quality questions and just putting up uh, impromptu ones on Instagram. So, got a fair few here, and I'm going to start running through them now. I haven't really practiced these, but uh, I'm just going to give you the answers off the cuff. So, first one, thoughts on instinctive training. Um, I'm guessing this question came about because I asked this same question to Fuad Abiyad on his, um, his Q&A. So my thoughts on instinctive training. So firstly, I'm going to clarify what I mean by instinctive training. Um, I think this, most people fall into kind of two camps. The first camp, which is not as common, is where people will literally train anything on any day. I don't think that really happens a great deal. Uh, very few people that I know just go into the gym not even knowing what body part they're going to train. Um, most people have an idea of what body part they're going to train. So... That first type where you just go in and do literally whatever you feel like, as in whatever body part, etc. I don't really have a great deal of experience with that. I, I can kind of see that causing some issues um, with people. So it's not something that I would recommend. Second is a lot more common. So this is where you have usually a fairly set number of training days. So say you're training four to six times a week, and you have a rough idea of what body part you're going to train on that day. So, you know, Monday may well be chest and shoulders. Um, Wednesday may well be back and biceps, you know, that kind of thing. So you've got a kind of a rough idea of what's going on in each day, but you haven't really got anything else planned. You just kind of know what you want to hit. Now, <clears throat> for the large majority of people who... I wouldn't even say large majority of people listen to this podcast. I was going to, I was going to say large majority of people listen to this podcast, but that's not even true because I get a, I get a varied range of people listen to the podcast from sort of evidence guys to bro guys, etc. And I, I kind of try and ride that wave down the middle myself. So tradition, let's say traditionally sort of traditional bodybuilding. Like if we're going back, you know, to nineties, eighties, seventies, sixties, etc. Um, and even now, you know, off the internet. So if you look at um, if you look at sort of training days of famous bodybuilders like Dexter Jackson, etc., they they'll this is how they'll train. This is how they they train. They don't really have set training set training routines per se. And all the sort of routines that you see listed in the articles and the magazines and on websites, it's all pretty much bullshit. Now that we know and we've actually seen how these guys train because they do their training blogs. Um, so you can go onto Dexter's channel, for example, and have a look at what he's training today. And it's not what you'd get if you Google his name. And he's basically changing that every time he goes into the gym. So that's what I refer to as instinctive training. Now, that's what I think is pretty much traditional bodybuilding. I think that's uh, fairly common. I think it's quite uncommon for people to traditionally have a set routine and just do that routine. I think that came about with internet culture, with article culture, and uh, when the art of bodybuilding was kind of kind of made way for the science of bodybuilding and the science of bodybuilding really emphasizes structure and rigidity um, and forcing out gains through through that method so I think there's pros and cons uh, for instinctive training and you know let's define this is the type of distance training we're talking about as in 
changing whatever you like on that particular day. So I think there's pros and cons. So just kind of rolling these off the top of my head. I haven't made any notes prior. But let's talk through the cons first. Um, you could argue that the cons, and this is one of the arguments that uh, Dr. Mike Isretel made. He says that the cons from not from just doing a single training and not having a logbook, etc., are that you're you probably won't push as hard. That was his argument. Because let's say you did, I don't know, uh, four plates aside on the squat for twelve reps, um, and your goal this time is to get more than twelve reps. That that twelve rep may well have crushed you last week um and now essentially what's happening is you're you're kind of asking yourself to do more so if you didn't really have that written down you may well sandbag it and you may not have full plates on, on it you may have forgotten what you did uh you may have forgotten the reps you may have thought you got a nine rather than 12 or maybe the other way maybe you thought you got more and it, it just kind of messes up the routine so his his uh mike's sort of uh, opinion on that was that it can it can mean you don't really work hard because progressive overload as in keeping keep keep when you keep on trying to add weight to the ball that's really hard work like particularly when you get to the upper echelons of of like strength um, you know if you're squatting four five six plates as well that that tends to get pretty nasty and doing that week in week out as well also gets pretty nasty so that's uh, that's a con um, of, of uh, instinctive training that you might avoid the hard work. Um, another kind of instinctive training is, is you, you may well defer to things that you're already very good at or you find quite comfortable. So like me, for example, if I was approaching, say, a bicep workout, okay, I'm going to have some things where I have my elbow down by my side to hit the bulk of the arm. I'm going to have some things where my elbow is in front of me in more of a preacher curl position uh, to hit different areas. And I want to have something where my arm is behind me as well to hit different areas. So I would approach that kind of analytically. But I, I'm, I don't think like everybody approaches things that way. Uh, and you may end up just going for exercises that you're traditionally very good at or just feel good to. Nothing necessarily wrong with that, but it may well mean that you're leaving games on the table by not approaching exercises or techniques or rep ranges that are uncomfortable and you're not very good at. So that's another potential con of instinctive training. You may well just defer to things that you've already done uh, and are good at. Um, and the sort of the, the mirror of that is you may not challenge yourself. So really a lot of these comments are about challenging yourself. Now let's look at the pros of instinctive training. One that I can really uh, speak upon is the lack of uh, of injuries via repetition so over over time i've accumulated quite a lot of injuries and i have i have kind of a cap in regards to the types of poundages that i can lift without getting injured um so the last sort of big injury scare that i had really kind of really kind of worked me up to this and i was doing 120 kilos on the bench and i was it was a it was a it was supposed to be a set of 20 and I got to 15, and they were really easy reps. I mean, they were just, I was just banging them out. It was so easy. Um, but at that stage, I, I felt like, you know, my pec was going to go. Thank God it didn't. But um, it was one of those situations where it was like, yeah, if I'd just stayed, to that, stayed with that rigid, do this week in, week out, progressive overload, add poundage to the bar, I could do that until I just literally tore something off the bone. 
Um, so that's a, there's, a, there's a pro there for instinctive training. It's like, well, I don't need to do that today. I can, I can have a lighter day where I'm still hitting the muscles hard, but I'm not going that crazy as heavy. And I can be a bit more instinctive in terms of how I feel on the day. That's not, that's, that's not ideal either because a lot of the time these injuries are not ones that you feel, like uh, tendon injuries. They don't tend to give you any kind of warning. They pretty much just snap. So I'm not sure how great a point that is, but, but it's still a point in regards to tearing muscles, I guess, because you do have some biofeedback there. So that's a, that's a pro for instinctive training. Another pro is you, you, you get to think about your training a lot more. Now, one of the big pros of instinctive training is you, you pretty much don't use the lockbook that much. And I think a lot of people, they, get, they become slaves to the lockbook. Um, this is something that I've talked about quite a lot on my Instagram because people will just go for numbers despite what their form looks like. Their form, and it, it, the classic example that I've always talked about is the Romanian deadlift. Um, people will just lift like absolute dog shit uh, just to get the weight up on a Romanian deadlift. Um, and then they'll do that week in, week out, keep adding poundage, think they're getting better, think they're getting stronger, but all that's happening is their form is just breaking down more and more and they're transferring the load onto other areas. So they're not actually getting bigger or stronger in the target muscle areas. They're just learning to lift weight better. And I mean, at that point, you're just doing powerlifting. So there's a benefit there for instinctive training is that your focus is off the logbook and it focuses more on where it should be, which is exhausting the muscle uh, and feeling the muscle work and really tiring the muscle out and getting that sort of strength drop off that at the end of the session where you know you've had a good session where you know if you've had a chest workout and you can hardly press 60 kilos you know at the end of a chest workout you know you've had a good chest workout and you're completely spent so there's pros and cons of instinctive training um i tend to think for very advanced trainees instinctive training is probably more suitable for them either so either instinctive training um or very, very, very planned out macro style training where they're alternating various various things over the course of you know weeks and months to prevent injury. Either one of those approaches is going to take a lot of thought. So don't think that instinctive training doesn't require thought. It does. It's just that in things, when it comes to instinctive training, you do your thinking in the gym, uh, whereas with, with rigid training, you do your thinking outside the gym. So there's still a lot of thought involved in terms of what you're doing. Um, so my thoughts are that it's, it's appropriate for certain people. And I think if you're the very analytical type person, uh, with regards to training, you might not like instinctive title training. It might not appeal to you. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's not something that you'd, um, it's not something that you'd see as, as, as you, maybe it's not something you'd be comfortable with. Uh, but there you go. If you're a little bit more free and easy with regards to training, yeah, it may be something that's suitable too. For beginners and intermediates, um, I think it's a bad choice. I think you really need to know your body before you can do that. Um, and I think a lot of people overestimate their training experience. <laughs> um, so there you go. That's that's my answer to instinctive training. A little bit muddled, but I think it's um, population dependent. <laughs> Our next question is, why such high protein? <laughs> so I posted up a day of eating, um, and it totaled about 350 grams of protein. And I got about two or three DMs about that. And this was one of them. And the question was, yeah, why, why are you eating so much protein? So, so to put it into perspective, I weigh about roughly 200 pounds. Um, and 350 represents like almost double my body weight in grams. 
uh, of protein. So it's, it's fairly high. It's about 1.75 grams per pound of protein, um, per pound of body weight, sorry. So that's fairly high. Now, the, uh, this is where it came from. I had a podcast with um, a fellow called Sid Rye uh, probably about a month or so ago now. And um, he's one of these guys who's kind of, he has a very old school style of training, um, which is great. It works for him. He's, you know, he does fantastically well. He's very rigid with his diet. Very, I don't know much about his training, actually, but he's certainly very rigid with his diet. Um, and his coach is Andrew Vu and they, between them, they have roughly, yeah, I think about, um, double body weight in protein. So pretty high and about the same in carbs. So again, pretty high and reasonable amount of fat to eat quite a lot. So that really interested me because it, it, I started looking at different accounts of what actual bodybuilders were doing as in pro bodybuilders, uh, and you know, bodybuilders over time. And a lot of them do eat pretty high protein is I saw a, I saw a bunch of articles online and I started to get a bit annoyed actually because I was looking for what bodybuilders did and the articles were always written by some fucking dweebs who, who were writing things like, yeah, this body, who, they were basically trying to give an account of what, the, what X or Y bodybuilder did like, I don't know, Jay Cutler or whatever. I said, yeah, Jay Cutler said this or Dorian Yates said this. But I think what you guys should do is eat a more moderate one gram per pound. And I think to myself, look, I'm, I didn't read this article. I read this article to find out what Dorian Yates or, 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 or Jay Cutler does because they know their shit. Like I didn't read this article because it's just some random dickhead on the internet wants to give his opinion on something. Um, so that was kind of annoying. And I, I started to see a lot more of that. I don't know if you guys have come across that, but um, I never really thought about it that way before because I've read a ton of those articles. And I think people read them and they almost fall into the writer's bias because the writer's kind of speaking to them. Um, it's a, in a weird kind of way, you know, somebody writing an article about Jay Cutler, uh, it is supposed to be a positive informative article can actually turn into quite a, a negative article about him. Cause there's all they're saying is, yeah, he trained like this, he ate like this, but don't do that. It won't work for you. Do this instead. Do what I say. It's quite a shitty fucking thing to, to do really, isn't it? I mean, and feel free to look up some of these articles and you'll see a ton of them. Anyway, um, so what I realized was that quite a lot of bodybuilders were actually doing this. They were eating 1.5, 1.75, 2 grams um, per pound of body weight uh, in protein. So that definitely sort of opened my mind because a lot of what I, I – protein intake was one of those things where I thought the, the decision, it's a case closed, the science is on it, 1 gram per pound, Men Henderman says 0.8, you know, We've got it covered, we've got it done. But again, my sort of recent distrust of science is starting to come through a little bit. I'm looking at what actual bodybuilders, actual big guys do. And um, like, uh, like a friend of mine from the forum said, uh, every big guy he knows hammers protein. That was his exact words. So I've started to eat higher and higher amounts of protein. And it's early days, so it's been probably five or six weeks, but I have noticed some considerable benefits in terms of recovery. I feel that I look bigger. Um, that's always hard to say though. It's always hard to tell because without kind of blowing my own horn too much, I'm, I'm probably one of the bigger guys at the gym that I go to. It's a pretty big gym. So I'm generally always getting um, favorable comments. Um, so it's hard to discern how, how accurate they are because not, not many people really, or at that sort of level. 
so um you can't really always take that seriously and even measurements don't always give you what you want because i think I'm, I'm i feel like i'm recomping a little bit but uh, in any case so far it's been very positive um the one thing it has been great on by the way is appetite uh, i generally have a pretty big appetite so it's been quite good and keeping me full which i've really appreciated so uh no negative effects digestion's been absolutely a-okay uh, i I don't have a bad gut at all. So yeah, the reason why it's such high protein is it's, it's experiment I'm doing um, because I think it's going to give you better gains. And so far in a, in a relatively short period of time, you know, and I still consider five or six weeks a relatively short period of time. If you're actually looking to put, if you're thinking about putting on muscle, that's not, it's not a long amount of time. Um, I think, yeah, there's, I think it's positive so far. Right. Next question. There's a couple of really weird questions. I'm going to ignore those. Um, next question. Uh, what would your suggestions for breakfast be? Okay. Interesting question. Um, this is a really, really big, broad question because um, this is kind of predicated on knowing what your nutrition is f for the rest of the day. So, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on what your nutrition is for the rest of the day. This kind of question typically comes from people who don't really have a handle on the rest of the nutrition. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being judgy there. I don't know, but um, I don't know. I don't actually know what this guy, I know, I know him. He's a friend of, he's a, he's a friend of mine, but I don't actually know what he does in terms of nutrition. So um, I'd say it's very much predicated on what you do for the rest of the day. But if you're looking for just like simple ideas, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them out there. Um, I've got a load in my private uh, fast lifts, client group which I, I share regular recipes there for for my clients and i've got, got about three breakfast recipes up at the moment which are all pretty good i've had some good feedback on so i'll give you one uh which you can look up and it's an idea that i just got off the internet but um i think it which works really well because there's a ton of ideas on the internet aren't there but it's, it's a case of ones which are convenient for you so the one that i'd say you to look up is muscle french toast or french muscle toast uh i don't know which one sounds odder um and basically, it's, it's French toast, but with a scoop of whey in the mix. And then you drench the bread in that mix, pan fry it, and there you go. The macros are great. It's, it's like 44 grams of protein and carbs, both, and fairly minimal amounts of fats just mainly coming from uh, the egg. So, yeah, that's a pretty, it's a pretty good breakfast. It's quite convenient. It has regular common household ingredients, bread, eggs, you know. And uh, it's super quick to make up and it's really, really tasty. And you can vary it as well. You can vary different types of protein and all that kind of stuff. So it's a pretty good recipe. It's, it's pretty tasty. So that's in terms of an actual, you know, an actual breakfast suggestion. But it's a really broad question because I, me personally, I would think about it in terms of macros. Like, well, what's my macro distribution? What do I want to be eating? Uh, when am I training? Like, am I going to be training soon after breakfast? If so, I probably want a fairly carb-heavy breakfast. Uh, am I going to be training later in the evening? If I am, then I, I'm not as fussed about having a high carb intake for breakfast. I certainly want to keep my protein high. Um, but if I was training soon after, I probably want a fairly high carb, low fat breakfast. If I was training later in the evening and I was just going about my regular day, my day job, uh, then I would probably have a fairly balanced breakfast. So it's, and also how much time do I have in the morning? Do I need to pre-prepare pre this? Do I need to meal prep this breakfast? Do I have time to cook it up? It's just a ton of, of background information needed there and i would i would start with how many macros do i want to allocate to this meal and then i would find the recipe for that but hopefully that's given you at least one idea for an actual breakfast idea
All right. Thoughts on programs such as Big Beyond Belief, viable or just a gimmick? Ugh. Yeah, fuck. Is um, Big Beyond Belief. Oh, right. Leo Costa. Yeah. Yeah, I've... Um, Yeah, I've heard of this a little bit. This is one where I really should have probably done some prior research. Uh, let's have a quick look. Okay, I've got a I've got a picture up here. It gives me um, ramp week one. Oh, here we go. This is a bit better. There's calories. So we've got ramp week one. Let's see what we've got here. So we've got back, chest, rest periods, number of repetitions, endurance cycle, strength cycle, Power cycle. Well, that's fucking bullshit, first of all, because that's not how DUP works. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just the stupidest thing ever. Um, <laughs> is this actually a popular program? Holy fuck. Uh, people, people follow this? Um, yeah, it looks, it looks fucking retarded, basically. Uh, yeah, so basically, big, this is, I'm looking at the template here. Big Beyond Belief appears to be a daily undulating, daily undulating periodized program. So that means it's fairly high frequency and you have different um, days which represent the different um, exercise uh, sets and reps. And it seems to be a program which is actually six days a week. So it looks like... It looks like you've got pretty much every body part on every day from the looks of it. There's maybe some days where it's not quite there, but it seems to be sort of that way, or at least every other day. So Monday is bench press, then chin-ups, barbell curls. Wednesday's dips, rows, and incline curls. So that's similar. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are similar. And then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday are, are similar as well. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I think it's fine, I guess. My issue with these programs is this, right? Like. It's just a list of sets and reps. Like, where's the progression? You know, where's the progression? Like, what are you going to do? I remember when I was, um, is this really stuck out in my memory because it's, I felt quite embarrassed <laughs> by this question. So I was, I was in my second or third year of training and I was on this forum, this private forum that I used to post on, just like me and like a handful of other guys. And uh, we'd talk in training and I said, this is my new routine, guys. Like, what do you think about it? And this powerlifter guy who's like a really good powerlifter. He was very strong. And he said to me, well, yeah, it looks fine. It's, 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 you know, it's a list of sets and reps, but how are you going to progress? Like what's your progression modality? And it annoyed me. And the reason it annoyed me because he was right. Like I, you know, when someone says something and they're, they're right, they, they poke a hole in something you've just said and they're right. And it's just really fucking annoying. Cause you just realize that your entire argument or whatever you've said is just like stupid and he's pointed out the stupidity in it so <laughs> i remember that because i was just embarrassed at how like easily he just poked a hole in what i said and i said well i'm just gonna you know try and add some weight where i can and he's like oh, okay uh, <laughs> which yeah i mean it's great intentions and everything but at that point i was already relatively strong so that kind of stuff had already stopped working so i was maybe like i was maybe, it was maybe four or five years into my training i hit a big wall at, th yeah, at three years so my point is with this, I'm not sure where the progression is. Like, is the idea just to add weight to the bar? Is that the idea? Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, I'm just I'm trying to look up some things on the internet. It's kind of it's kind of hard to tell. Um, 
So I think I might have something here. Okay, okay. Well, we, we seem to have um, the PDF available. Workouts, level one, two, and three training, the workout charts, 53 to 96. Okay, let's check this out. Ramp one, four days per week, one workout per day. That's ramp one. Then ramp two. Okay, so there's, there is an increase in... Okay, no, okay, okay. Now this, this might be interesting. It's an increase in volume. More increase in volume. That's interesting. Okay. There's a super growth phase. That sounds amazing. Um, then there's ramp two where you also... I think you also... Oh, right. Because ramp two is... Yeah. Wow, holy fuck. Well, okay, it's, it's a little... It's yeah. It's a little better thought out than I initially thought, but this seems like really, really um, anal. Like I'm, I'm pretty meticulous about a lot of my training, but this is meticulous in things that don't matter. That's the odd thing about it. Like we've got a lot of the higher reps, the the, the endurance, strength, and power thing. I'm sorry, that just fucking triggers me because that's fucking stupid and why does the endurance strength and power reps all have the same rest periods surely that's a contradiction if you're training for power you're not going to be restricting your rest periods down to the same as if you're training for endurance or strength this is just very confusing yeah i would say in general bear in mind i've only just seen this so i could be completely wrong it could be like the best program ever and it may well be the difference between you now and you gaining like 80 pounds of muscle tomorrow uh, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's pretty shit. Um, yeah. And for the reasons that funda fundamentally it's set up wrong because there, there is no fucking endurance day, strength day, power day. It's, it's in a, in a hypertrophy or whatever, you know, you don't have days of the week dedicated to different aspects. That's not how DUP works at all. The, the point of DUP is to cycle rep ranges to keep you fresh and to manage fatigue. It's not to work on different uh, goals. It's fucking stupid. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, it is one of the most common misunderstandings of DUP and the most common misapplication. So uh, I don't like that. That kind of triggers me a little bit. And I think the the overemphasis on things that don't matter also triggered me a little bit as well, like all the rest periods and the cycling of the reps and stuff like that. So yeah, I just, I think it's I think it's probably based on ideas which were probably thought of to be quite influential at the time that this was written, but we know now that it just isn't. And I imagine the benefits and the progress that people see from this routine are just the fact that they're consistently sticking to a routine, which has got some progression tagged at the end of it. But all of the sh all of the explanations and the bollocks about the rest periods and the in, in the reps that just triggers the hell out of me. So I, I sorry, I just think it's shit. So uh, yeah, my opinion, shit, basically. Uh, what else was there? Right, I think that was it. I think that was it. Yeah, I I feel like I've missed one, but I think that was it. So I'm going to call it there. Now, if you would like any other questions answered, there's going to be another Instagram uh, Q&A slot towards the end of this month. Or just feel, to, feel free to DM me. And I'll, I'll put them in a file and I'll save them away.
somewhere. So uh, I'm going to call it there. Thanks for tuning in. I will speak to you soon.